It's time for Sports 56 Happy Hour on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now let's have some fun. Here is your host, Johnny Johnny Radio. Johnny Radio. Yo, 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 yo. Welcome into a little Sports 56 happy hour. I'm your buddy, Johnny Radio. I got Brad Dacus all day long, all day strong. We're going to talk with uh, Jay Crane in just a few minutes. We got Terry Davis to talk about how terrible the Memphis Tigers are. That defense is trash. I can't believe how much I love this team. I loved watching this team earlier in the year. I fell in love. I was like, this is my favorite team since 2008. And now when I watch their games... I'm nauseous. Like, you got to eat a Finnegrin to finish a Tiger basketball game because your stomach's so upset that you want to throw up. So we'll talk about the Tigers at 1130. (laughs) We'll also give our kudos out, and then I'll crucify a few people. Uh, Dan Campbell is at the very top of the list. If you are defending Dan Campbell today about not kicking field goals and taking points, and you were talking about analytics, or you're trying to say, well, you know, he he was his, this is who he was all year long. Dude, you go up three scores, period. You take the points. It is 24 to 7. You give up only a field goal on the first possession when San Francisco really has to have a damn touchdown. You're up 14. You drive right down the field. You got a chip shot field goal. You are going to go for it on fourth and two. And they said, oh, my God, but he's gone for it all year, more than any other coach. Looked it up. On fourth down, what do you think their percentage was this year? What do you think? 52%. That means 48% of the time they didn't get it. You mean you're going to do a coin flip to go to the Super Bowl? You go up 17, you don't give that momentum to the defense. To the offense who comes on the field and is like, hey, the defense just bailed us out. They didn't get anything. We held them on fourth down. They come out there, yes. Was it a crazy bounces off my man's face mask? Brandon Ayuk makes a great catch. Absolutely. But you give that, you open up the door and you open up the opportunity. And let me tell you something. They opened up the door and San Francisco walked right through and robbed them blind. And took away their Super Bowl shot. Just by leaving the door open. Why do you leave the door open? No, that's why you got to lock your doors. And you can say, oh, well, we're, we're trying to step on the road. Why'd you need to be up 21? 17 wasn't good enough. You were up 17 at halftime. San Francisco all way, already had the football. They had to settle for a field goal. You've scored on four, five of your first six drives. You were about to score on six for your first seven. Instead, you don't. Momentum switches. San Francisco scores. Then Jameer Gibbs fumbles the football. Next thing you know, this thing's tied. Wow. Stupid. And you can say, well, Josh Reynolds should have caught the ball. Yeah, he should have caught the ball. Should have, could have, would have. You should have kicked the damn field goal. Dan Campbell, I feel bad. I mean, Detroit fans. I know they, I love Dan Campbell. But Dan Campbell 
lost the football game for a Detroit team that played very well. And I can't believe Ben Johnson, I got to say this, you ran the ball 21 times in the first half for three touchdowns and 148 yards right down the 49ers' throat. You had eight carries for 34 yards in the second half. Damn. Damn. We're going to talk a lot of football. We'll talk Detroit. And again, we're going to give out our kudos. And then we're also going to crucify. We're definitely uh have to go after Lamar Jackson. I mean, damn. For real? Kansas City doesn't even have to score in the second half to beat Baltimore at home. You only muster 10 whole points. And it's and it's just absolutely crazy. We're also going to break down the Super Bowl. I feel like I'm not saying Vegas has it wrong. It's about how the public bets. But they've got it. They've enticed people to bet. The early line was Kansas City catching two and a half. That's now down to where San Francisco is just a one-point favorite. Instead of catching a two and a half, Patty's still a one-point dog. And everybody talks about Pat, and Pat's awesome. Pat deserves his kudos. He's a winner. Things he does is, it, you know, nobody else can do them. But Spags in that defense deserve so much dead gum credit that it's not even funny. Kansas City, their defense has absolutely shut down the Miami Dolphins, went on the road, and beat the Buffalo Bills, held the Bills at their house to 24, and then they go to Baltimore and hold Baltimore to 10, to 10 points. That is a sick, unbelievable, unbelievable job by this Ravens team. I mean, by this uh, Kansas City Chiefs defense and the Spags. And what they did to the Ravens yesterday just was absolutely ugly. And there's so much blame to go around in that Ravens game. Undis- I mean, how many penalties did they have? Two roughing the quarterback penalties, 15 yards. 15-yard penalty when you were just trying to get a five. The very, very end of the game, you just go and knock him down, bam. Then you have the stupid Kyle Van Noy penalty when you have him backed up at the 10-yard line, second and 10. Instead, you give him a first down. And then again, you get another uh, another penalty that drives 30 yards, and they go get a field goal. Baltimore's defense was undisciplined, and I can't blame it on Baltimore's defense because they still only gave up 17 points. They didn't give up any points in the second half. But it's because they didn't have to because Baltimore's offense – was absolutely awful. Todd Munkin just abandoned the run. You know that the Bills, like the week before, like all over the Ravens' face. I mean, not uh, I mean not uh, not the uh, um, the Kansas City Chiefs gave up to the Buffalo Bills 158 yards. The Ravens were the best rush you know rushing team in football, and they go out there. And just don't run the football. Outside of that Gus Edwards early in the game when he rushes for 15 yards, they didn't do anything. So it was, it, it was, there's just so many things that we are going to jaw all up into. And I guess Jake is not joining us. Does not look like it. No big deal. That's cool. We'll be talking with Jake soon. Um, sure, he's probably busy doing life. Uh, but my goodness, we're going to break down these football games, Tiger basketball, Terry Davis. I got some great Hardenwood stories, by the way. One that's very disgusting. 
It was a train chain reaction. There was a concert, green sky, bluegrass, and uh, things went really south, Dacus. Interesting. The worst thing that I could ever imagine happening at a concert, in my mind, happened at this concert. So we'll be talking about that at 1230. We got everything to break down, but we got to get into a little NFL action. First and foremost, Dacus, I just want to ask you, are you in the camp that Dan Campbell is an idiot? Or are you in the camp um, that Dan Campbell was uh, – that's what he did all year and that's just how his personality is and you can't you, – you know, you can't fault him for being who he was – in the biggest moment. I mean, I, I think that's absolutely ridiculous. But Jake is joining us. You know Jake from Crane & Company. Uh, my man's absolutely one of the best, if not the best. And uh, he joins us now. What is up, Jake? How are you doing today? Man, Johnny Radio, what's up, brother? Uh, getting ready to go down to the Senior Bowl. About to uh, head down to Mobile here soon. Oh, are you really? Oh, yeah, man. Excited about it. It's, uh, it's about as deep as the rosters I've seen, especially at the quarterback position. So we're uh, about to load up and, and roll on down there, and I'm going to grab me some, uh, some of that good seafood I've been missing. Nice, nice, nice. Well, that sounds like fun. Uh, man, y'all be doing the show from down there, I take it, tomorrow, huh? Oh, yeah. We'll be down there, man. Got a uh, bunch of interviews lined up, so we're excited. You got the whole crew going? Blaine, David? Uh, yeah, it's going to be me and uh, me and Blaine, our, our, the, the third leg of our show, David Cohn. Uh, his, his wife's due any any day now, Whoa. so uh, he's on a, he's on a travel ban. Wow! Congratulations to, for him, man, and the, getting that family started. That's awesome news. Well, man, I, I'm I'm not going to keep you too long. First and foremost, uh, do you want to give kudos when you start off the day, or do you want to crucify somebody? Look, I mean, I, obviously, what the Chiefs are doing, and and we talked about it this morning. I, I'm more impressed defensively. I mean, the Chiefs haven't given up. 10 points in the second half in their last eight games. Uh, it, re- it really is incredible what they've been able to do and what Steve Spagnuolo has been able to do against some pretty daggum good competition. And everybody talks about Mahomes, and they should. I get it. I mean, what he's done last year with that roster and now this year. But, I mean, they're a complete team. I mean, this kind of reminds me of, of the old Tom Brady Patriots team uh, in their very, you know, when they get hot, they can get really hot offensively, but they win games with defense and not making mistakes. I mean, you look at Lamar. You can't throw that last interception. You can't underthrow a ball into triple coverage in that situation. I don't know why he would make that throw. The fumble, it was a great pass rush. It, it happened. Those guys are really good on the defensive side. But I was shocked. Uh, at number one, how much the Ravens decided not to go to, not to run the ball. You know, outside of Lamar, I think their backs had eight touches, and that's kind of been who they are. But again, the Chiefs were kind of shutting them down in the middle. So uh, as far as the, the Chiefs Ravens game, Look, I'm just I'm done betting against Patrick Mahomes. Like I'm just never going to do it again in the playoffs. Like it's uh, you got it, dog. Uh, I'll ride with you. But then you look at the Lions game, and and listen, I want to make sure and give the 49ers a ton of credit. Largest comeback in the second Dan half. Dan Campbell's seven. an idiot, though. Well, well, like listen, here's here's I know this is how they've played all year. I understand that, right? He's been ultra aggressive. Apparently, if you're a coach and your first name's Dan, you just take every unnecessary chance that there possibly is. But I'm just still looking at you being up 14, having a chance to kick a field goal to go up 17, which is truly three scores. Regardless, they could score twice, they go for two. You're not getting there, and you decide to go for it. The second one, I can understand. I just, I'm really having a hard time, and I've told this to the analytics crowd. 
it's, it's a lot more about feel than it is about just doing one thing or the other. I was shocked by that, man. But, I mean, look, at the end of the day, you know, scared money doesn't make any money, but stupid money doesn't make any money either. Yeah, stupid. But, like, the thing is, is they just left the door open, and San Francisco was lucky enough to sneak in and steal their Super Bowl appearance because Dan Campbell, who, yes, I know people people say this all the time, well, he went for it more than anybody in the NFL. 34% of the time on fourth down and four or less, they went for it. Great. Their success rate was still only 52.8%. You're telling me we're going to go for a coin flip when we give an opportunity? And again, the third quarter, you know, I can't defend either one of them, but a lot of people are trying to defend the first one. And I, and I, and I just go back to this. You only gave up a field goal on the opening possession to San Francisco when they desperately needed a touchdown. You're about to go down the field and you march right down the field. You get stopped on third down. It is now fourth down and two. You take those points, six minutes have gone off the third quarter, and you're back still up three scores right where you were at halftime when you're feeling good, and San Francisco's back to feeling all the pressure. You opened up the door and fired up that offense, and they came out there, and yes, it was an amazing play off the face mask, and Ayuk makes a great catch, but you gave them the opportunity, and San Francisco walked right through that jaunt. Yeah, I mean, look, it's not just about if you go for it. It's about when you go for mm-hmm. it. And I feel like you, you you can still have that mentality and say, you know what, we need to kick the field goal here. Like you said, we can after that possession where they had to have it, we can shake hands, and we basically just ate half of the quarter up with nobody gaining an advantage either way, which is an advantage to us because we're up three scores. I just, again, I... I I feel like we've gone a little bit overboard in some instances with this analytics thing because apparently all the analytics card says is just screw it, go for it. Yes, I, I, like and then last go night for two. when um, I was watching Scott Van Pelt after the you know games and I was kind of just like, wow, I can't believe what I just witnessed. And I was grateful, by the way, because I had over and a couple parlays left out because I thought San Francisco was going to win. And I had those them on the money line and I'm like, well, this is right. This This is throw this away. They came back. So, I mean, I appreciate Dan doing that for me, but I'm still just in utter shock. And um, the other thing is you mentioned the Kansas City defense. You also mentioned about how you're done betting on Pat Mahomes as an underdog. I, I I was shocked at the line, like shocked, because San Francisco's defense has given up, been gashed, absolutely gashed with running and even throwing the football. They're doing everything. I mean, San Francisco had to come back, and Dan Campbell had to coach his worst half of football this year for them to walk through that door and come back. Green Bay, they had to have an unbelievable fourth down drive where they ate up five minutes, and they had that third and six, and Brandon Ayuk, perfect pass for Purdy. I mean, they had to be perfect and come back and beat Green Bay. They had to be. They had to get lucky and beat Detroit. And now we're talking about a Kansas City defense and a Kansas City team that dominated Miami, went to Buffalo and beat Josh Allen, and then just went to Baltimore, the number one defense, and said, no, we're better than you, and shuts down Lamar, the MVP. I mean, Kansas City, how in the heck are they not favored by like four points in this one? Look, I I don't know, because I agree with you. If it looks, I, I mean, at least these past couple weeks, the Niners are just, you know, playing with fire, barely surviving uh, having the thread needles to come back. And it seems like the Chiefs, even though they only won by seven, it felt like they dominated that game. That They played that game the way that they wanted to, and they won up front on both sides of the line of scrimmage. And I know that San Francisco's got a lot of big names in the front seven. Uh, they're very talented, but they have been susceptible. I mean, the Lions were having a lot of success running the ball. And look, 
the Chiefs don't have to just run it at a wild rate or, or get an incredible return. They just need to run it good enough for that play action to work with Patrick Mahomes and what he does and let them get into their bag from a playbook standpoint. Because we all know, you know, if they have any semblance of balance, Palace is, you know, Mahomes is going to rip your heart out and show it to you like, like Jim Carrey in, in Dumb and Dumber, you know, at the Chinese restaurant. It's just at some point, they've got everything, though. They're quality on defense. The offense is coming along. They're having, I mean, Mar- Marquez Valdez-Scantling, buddy, you saved it for the right time. You, you want to know how well the Chiefs are playing and everybody's in sync? NBS two weeks in a row, <laughs> has made the biggest catch of the game. And this man couldn't catch a cold butt naked in Antarctica before this. And yet, he, it's just, man, I'm telling you. It is just the, the Chiefs, they got that winning culture. It's a real thing. It is. And Andy Reid, man, you give him the kind of quarterback, a uh, guy who is a winner like that, you let Spags do his thing on defense. It's a nasty little setup they have uh, over there in Kansas City. Again, we got to wait two weeks, so we'll be talking all kinds of crazy stuff about it. But one more thing back with Lamar Jackson. We've now seen him in the playoffs. And yeah. he's two and four, nine touchdowns, nine turnovers, 26 sacks. Bruh, like I've heard, I heard uh, RC say this. I saw this on Instagram and Twitter and all the stuff. Everybody's calling him now. Is Lamar Jackson basically James Harden? Is James Harden Lamar Jackson? They're great in the regular season, but they can't get it done in the postseason. Well, you know, this feels like the first year that Lamar's had adequate enough weapons to be able to, to win a Super Bowl, right? If you weren't just a, a defense dominated team. Uh, like the Ravens have been in the past, remember with Greg Roman, they would run the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, Lamar would work it down the field on play action. Uh, man, it just it just seems like when the moment is the biggest, Lamar struggles the most. And uh, like you said, twenty six sacks. I mean, you're, you're the best part of your game is still. I mean, the one touchdown they had early was an incredible play. That looked like old Lamar, but yep. it just seems like the explosiveness isn't there in the playoff games. Save it for one or two plays. And, but but more importantly, it's his decision making with the ball exactly. that's the problem. That's what like I was it, doing. it's not that. I mean, look, Zay Flowers fumbled the ball going into the end zone. Okay, we got to be able to see that, right? Right. Everybody knows that. But it weren't, wasn't like you were blowing it out of the water outside of that offensively. You know, it was it was a struggle bus for a while. They really couldn't get the run game going as much as they wanted, and then kind of abandon it. You know, I, I thought the run game with Lamar uh, was really good. The way they were scheming it up, getting a hat on the hat. But it seems like his decision making. Look, James Harden doesn't play defense like that. That's what James Harden like. He'll have. I mean, he had games last year. He scored like forty points, and then he'd score like seventeen, and then he'd score forty again. So you're having good. Um, you're having good. You know, output at least at some point. But it seems like with Lamar, it's his decision making. I'm not watching like James Harden just throw the ball into the stands. But it seems like Lamar is just making the worst decision at the worst time. You're 100% right, and the stats back it up. I mean, listen to these numbers. In their four playoff losses, this is a team that only scored 10 points, averaged 10 points in those four losses. He's completing 53% of his passes. He has four touchdowns combined rushing and throwing in four games. In those games, he has eight turnovers. That's that's Man. bad decision-making. Well, you just you can't survive like that, especially when you're playing against Patrick Mahomes. Like you just, you just can't, you can't survive like that. It, it just, again, at the end of the day, it is what it is. It is, it is. I know you got to get down to Mobile. Um, tell everybody what you got going on this week, where you're at, and how they can find you. 
Yeah, man, we're going to be covering everything at the Senior Bowl. Uh, we go live each weekday morning, 6.30 a.m. to 8 a.m. Central. We have live calls, a live chat. Come check us out. We're talking college football, college basketball, NFL, obviously with the Super Bowl coming up. Uh, so, yeah, man, come hang out with Good time. It's great man. company. Hey, go and uh, enjoy uh, that seafood, man. Have some fun, and I'll talk to you about uh, everything you saw next week. But everybody, make sure you just check him out and watch him in the morning or just watch him whenever you want. That's the great thing about uh, being on YouTube and all the different podcasts. Yeah. Be blessed, homie. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it, man. I'll uh, eat a couple oysters for you. Thanks, big dog. That's Jake Crane. Follow him on Twitter at J. Uh, what is it? At Jake Crane. Man, the J boy. Yeah, at Jake Crane underscore. Now, um, we got to take a quick time out because there's a gigantic elephant in the entire city, and it's the Memphis basketball team, and it's ugly. We're going to talk to Terry Davis, who usually gives us the Care Bear stare. I don't even know if he can be positive about what we've seen back in two shakes on Sports 56, 98.5 FM. Start your day with Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10, right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. All the wisdom of the universe is in these bones. <laughs> now back to Sports 56 Happy Hour on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again, Johnny Radio. Welcome back to a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy, Johnny Radio, hanging out with Brian Dacus. It is a Monday after division, I mean, the uh, AFC-NFC championship game. The Super Bowl is set. Kansas City Chiefs and the 49ers. That's right. We've seen this one before. That's right. Uh, what was it? Second time they've played in the last, what, five seasons? San Francisco, Kansas City, but man, Jimmy G. A. at the helm. This is Patty Mahomes and Brock Purdy. And you got to give Brock his credit, man. The little dude went out there and took care of business. In that second half, he was straight up stones. I mean, Brock Purdy, and there's some stats that I saw that I just still can't believe. Brock Purdy, NFL best, 10.4 yards per attempt against the Blitz this season. Lamar Jackson was awful against the Blitz yesterday. Could not get it done. Brock Purdy is getting it done. In fact, against the Blitz this year, 14 touchdown passes. That was tied for most in the NFL. You saw him take it under the chin and deliver the ball to Debo. You saw him push the ball down the field. You saw him go 13 of 16 in the second half. He rushed for 48 yards. He threw for 174. He was nails when they needed him. Now, one thing that's not been nails is the Tigers' defense. And by the way, the other thing is, it's like literally, I have to ask you, have you ever seen a team that's gone from I, – I, I, when I was watching this team earlier in the season and they were having success and they won those, you know, Texas A&M and – Virginia and Clemson and they're taking care of business I was like this is one of my favorite teams ever I love these guys and now when I watch them I literally get physically sick 
Well, that's not good for your health, John. You have to eat a fenugreen or a promethazine mm. to watch the Memphis Tigers and not throw up. This defense is pathetic. Terry Davis, you usually give me the Care Bear stare. Is there any chance in the world that you can paint a rainbow and find a pot of gold somehow for the Tigers under that junt? Uh, uh, no. Terry. <laughs> no. no, man, because, you know, defense is all about effort, man. And the effort from this team is just lackluster, man. You know, everyone knows what the problem is, but no one on the team wants to fix the problem. You know, they're two, the two worst defenders are the two best players on the team, your two guards, you know, because you know, they score on the points. They got one of the better teams in the conference when it comes to scoring points. They just can't stop nobody. They're like the Denver Nuggets, man. Dude, they can't stop anybody, bro. Like, that defense. I mean, that that was so embarrassing. Like, what was it, 97 points to dead gum UAB? Andy Kennedy is over there doing interviews in the whole first half and stuff, and UAB is still kicking and, and scores, what, 45 first half points or something. Like, that. that, that was just embarrassing. It's embarrassing, man, and and, and 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 it's and it's it's really simple too. Defense is effort, and they ain't throwing any effort out there. And then and then they had twenty two turnovers. Ridiculous. Twenty two turnovers, and they just just. It's just Why is win. it when they're on the fast break every single time it feels like they turn the ball over or somehow they get stuck under the rim or they look yep. for a foul and they miss it? Like when they, the worst thing that can happen for a Tiger offense, it seems like, is, oh, get out on a fast break run because they're going to turn it over or miss it at the rim. Yep. But like I said, the offense is not the problem. David Jones, I love him, but he had nine individual turnovers. It's terrible. Nine. Nine. That is entirely too many. And they still had a chance to win the game at the end. You know, they had a chance to win the game. This is how bad they were. When you, you have, know, they, by the way, I just want to remind you, everybody out there, when you have eight more turnovers than assist, you do honestly, though, have, I think, the offensive problem. They may have scored 88 points, but they're playing selfish basketball. This isn't a team that's helping each other out. Yeah. And they turn the ball over because they try, they're not passing and moving the ball. When you turn the ball over like that, that means you throwing the ball away, and you throwing the ball dribbling off your legs, and you making bad passes because you're not making up the right pass. It, 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 it's just a simple fundamental of basketball. You know, this team could be a whole lot better if they slow down and not turn the ball over. But what they do, they give the other team confidence because UAB doesn't shoot like that. They average seventy two points. They also a game. gave up. I mean, they also were fouling left and right. I mean, they gave um, UAB thirty plus dead gum free throws yesterday. Yeah, because they don't know how to defend. And then UAB was attacking the rim, and then they were calling the fouls, and then they were making their shots. So you, you, if you defend, you don't have to foul. You have to defend without fouls. And the, that, that's exactly right. you got to defend without fouling. And also, just to go back to the free throw disparage, I just found it. UAB made three more free throws than the Tigers attempted. Right, that's just and they did that because they they got in foul trouble early, you know, and, and they went to the line. And Memphis, Memphis just not aggressive on the on, on the defensive end at all, you know. And you if you leaving guys wide open, that 
you know, even if they don't, if they're not considered shooters, if they hit two, hit two or three in the game, you got to consider them shooters for that game. Period. And I, but, we, we talked about David Jones' turnover issues, but man, what in the heck has happened to Javon Quinterly? Like his defensive effort was not, is non-existent, and his offensive game has completely just disappeared. He had three assists yesterday, twelve points, four turnovers. Um, I mean, man. Oh, and he was by the way four for fifteen. Just not not solid at all. JQ looks terrible, and so he looks disinterested. Yeah, you know, like I said, I I think it might be some underlying issues that's going on on this team that we don't know about, but they're scoring points. You know, you, you can't say, you know, they're they're not they're scoring points. Malcolm's playing out out his mind. Malcolm, you know, by the way, I got nothing but like, hey, Malcolm went out there and had one of his best games. He's giving effort. Malcolm's working his tail off. And it's just nobody else is out there helping Malcolm. And by the way, also heard Malcolm was the only one who was man enough to even talk to anybody. He did it by phone, but nobody else, uh, no other player talked to any of the media yesterday. Yeah, I know. It's it's, it's just, it's it's speechless, man. It's like, you know, you had so much hope for this team that they were, you know, will make a, a, you know, I have no doubt that they they, they still going to make the tournament. I have no doubt about that. But you don't go in the tournament as an eight, nine seed again. If you don't go in as a 12 seed in the play-in game in Dayton, you know, I have no doubt that this team will turn around and make it to the tournament, but they're making it harder than what it needs to be, period. They're just making it too hard. Yeah, they are making it too hard. I did see, and I, gosh, I'm, 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 I was looking as fast as I can. I can't find it fast enough, but I did see, sadly, like, um, that uh, I can't – man, I, I would love to credit, but they said it was like right now the Tigers are like 26%, 27%, something like that, to make the tournament. That's that's pretty sad. Yeah, I know. It, 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 and it was, a, it was like a 95% chance, and it's been going down every week. You know, everybody – like I said, the beginning of the season, only thing that destroyed the team is injuries and ego. They've had the injury, you know. They really, really miss Caleb Mills. You know, one thing I, you know, you didn't, you couldn't get from Ben on the court because Caleb is such a quiet person. Evidently, he was a he was a glue to the team. He kept everything rolling. He was the one, the man enough to look. I don't want to start anymore, Penny. Let me go to the bench. And he took that upon himself to do that. That shows that his leadership skills. So evidently, when he went down, all the leadership on the team went down too because I don't think they respect. Uh, uh, Dayton Hardaway because he's Penny's son, even though he may tell him to do something, and he's not one of those type of people to get up in your face and do things. It's just, it's just, it's just, um, it's just terrible effort. And, and I know, you know, Caleb Mills just mentioning him, like he definitely had a lot to do with this team because since he's been gone, eight of the 13 halves. The Tigers have given up forty plus points since Caleb Mills got injured when we were playing Tulsa. Exactly. That's eight, eight, eight of thirteen. They've given up forty plus points. That's that's it's crazy, man. It's it, it, it's just it's almost like you cannot. The numbers just you look at the numbers and you look at the offensive numbers, look at the defensive numbers. It's just it's just it's just a tale of two teams. The offensive numbers say, "Oh wow, you, you're scoring points. You're doing this." Then you look at the defensive number and say, wow, you're a terrible team. It's like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Yeah, it really is. It, it, it is Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. And I'm just kind of wondering right now, um, 
do you think realistically that this is a team with all the with, with, I think it was Jason Munns who said it um, earlier today uh, with Wolo. Um, they're infected by selfishness and apathy. Can they find a cure and right the ship, or is this right? Or is this thing going down like the Titanic? Uh, I don't think it's going down like a Titanic because one thing. Okay, the, the saving grace for this team is if they can, if they can afford, if they can, if they can somehow finish in the top three. Because I still feel like three teams are coming at this conference. If they can get in the top three and play three games. In, the, in in Fort Worth instead of four games, they're getting in, and I think they'll win the tournament in, in Fort Worth. I think they're just good. They're good enough to win four games, three games in four days. But I don't think any team is good enough to win four games in four days at that level because of, of how the, the conference is scheduled because of TV. Because they play so they play less than 24 hours each day and each day, and that's just too much wear and tear on your body. But I think, you know, they need to have a Jesus come to uh, They need to have a Jesus come to meet me. They need to. They just need to sit down and say, look, either we're going to do this or we're going to quit this and be done with it. I thought they you know? did that last week. Though. This, is, this is the thing. That no, I, no, no, I, no, 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 well, no. They did that. They did a, they had, you know, they have meetings, but they had the hard to hard meeting. The last hard to hard meeting they had was right before Texas a Well, I know one thing. I know Penny said that he was taking them back to the basics. He was going to bust their tail and they were buying in. They were going to do, they were going to, they were going to be, you know, three and D. They were going to get out there and just, you know, get out there and defense, defense, defense. And, you know, they were, you know, remember they had the whole week off. It was going to be the toughest practice and he was going to be up there. Keister, man, it sure looked like, I mean, they came out. Man, that was just sad effort. Right. It was bad effort. And, And one thing about a team like that, you know, Memphis had the momentum early. You know they had a little lead, but you know, but those turnovers just kept UAB in the game. They kept UAB in the game, and they kept. They had thirteen turnovers in the first half, thirteen turnovers, and then they was they were not putting their their uh, their bodies in front of a man to hit the open three corners. They was they were trying to help somebody who did need help. You know they weren't killing you on the inside; they were killing you on the outside. So you need to be outside guarding or, or running them off the line. If they had ran them off the line. And made them come inside. Then do Malcolm and 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 Tomlin could have did their thing and defended the rim. Well, they have to go back at it, and you're right. They got to go back at it though and play Rice at the house uh, Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I would say, well, come on, man, they can beat Rice, who's one in six in conference and seven and thirteen on the season is terrible. But right now, I don't know if they can beat Rice. <laughs> yeah, they they're at home and they should win at home. You know, they got Rice. Rice is terrible. Right, I know. Rice is terrible. Rice is terrible. But, you know, Rice is what the team needs right now. They need the worst team in the league. They they need a, a good conventional win. They need a solid confidence. But, you know, they need all this. And, and, and go from there. You know, like I said, they they can easily – they have 11 games left. Well, their next three games, by the way, I don't know if you know this. Did you look, you know, the record in conference against Wichita State, Rice, and Temple? This is going to blow your mind. Each one of them have one win in conference. Wichita State's one in six, Rice is one in six, and Temple's one in seven. I saw that. I saw that. And if they had beaten UAP like they're supposed to, they would have a six-game winning streak going to play North Texas at North Texas. Because that's going to be really the next toughest test. They could have rolled off six wins in a row going into North Texas. And been and been in the top two in the conference. Right now, they like ranked eight in the conference right now. 
you know, if they they're digging themselves a hole, they don't need. They're gonna be. It's gonna be hard to get out of. Yeah, they are definitely digging a hole. that's gonna be hard to get out of. It's um, right now. It's it, it's just like I said. It makes you nauseous watching the game. Yesterday, I mean, I really, I don't, I don't remember. Like I thought, the Baltimore Ravens were disgusting. I thought the Tigers' defensive effort was worse than even the Ravens like pooping the bed at home yesterday and giving a pitiful performance against the Chiefs. Right. It, it, it's it's all you know. It's almost like okay, let's let's get this season over with. Type feeling they have it. it unless they come to meeting, you know, because they have so much to play for. David Jones, as bad as he's playing with the turnovers, he still has a chance of being All American. You know, clearly, you know, you know, he's losing money with the NBA because he's losing value in running a team. You know, they the, all the stuff they came here for, they're just letting it go because of lack of effort and lack of, you know, it's it's really just it's boiled down to lack of effort. It's not a talent t- talent issue because Memphis is the most talented team in this conference. Period. But they have got, you know, talent alone don't get you. And people gonna say, "Oh, is Penny got to do this?" You know, Penny can't go out there and, you know, play the plays. The players have got to play the plays. You know, it, it, you know, a lot of I heard somebody say, "Oh, Penny didn't take any responsibility." Penny been taking responsibility for all these losses all season. It is up to the players. I mean, he did say yesterday, up. though. He was like, "Hey, look, man, I I got to coach better. They got to play better. They got to put more right. effort. I mean, they got to be tougher. I mean, every. I mean, right now." It, it, right now, the biggest the, the the thing that makes my stomach churn the most it is the lack of effort and the lack of it looks like you know want to or care. I mean, right. especially in that second half. I mean, you know, like it, they just it, it just I don't know, man. I, I I just can't believe what I'm watching. Again, you have an opportunity to do something great. You got all the way up as high as tenth in the country, right? And you, right look, after you gave up forty five points in the first half, and you gave up even more points in the second half. That means you had no consistency for for forty minutes. Fifty two points, I think, in the second half they gave up yesterday. Yes, yes, yes. That's that's Damn. a lot of points. That's crazy. That is crazy. But you know, it, it, you know, it, it's almost like let's hit the reset button. Let's start over and let's look. It, maybe they like being being behind the eight balls and, and, and coming and doing things the hard way, and which you know they know that. This university and this school is not going to get the credit or or the respect that they deserve. So they're going to get the hardest seed because every time you look up when they when I see a bracket, they always put them against the, the second game against the number one seed Purdue. Yeah. They just want to see them play Purdue everywhere you go. They want to see them play Purdue. You know, I don't know why. Even when they was when they first signed with the tournament, well, who's the second game against number one? Who Gonzaga? You know, so they're going to give you the toughest road. So why make it easy for them to give you the toughest road? It doesn't make any sense. Um, do yeah. I have to ask you before I let you go because um, I, the, like Tigers were agitating as hell, but something I thought was absolutely funny, like Andy Kennedy in the first half, you know, he's chatting it up with the <laughs> the damn crew. Uh, did you see them try to interview Penny in the second half? Like they tried, like for four minutes they were trying, and then they finally just quit <laughs> talking to him. I know. He had to do that. That was wild. I just thought that was wild. And I'm going to tell you something. I wouldn't want – if I was a coach, I sure as hell wouldn't want to be talking to somebody when I'm trying to coach a basketball game. 
Exactly. But Andy Kennedy, you know, he used to be a studio guy, so he he understands how this works. You know, if Penny was winning, he'd probably been more engaging. But Penny was down, and he didn't want to be engaging. He didn't want to mm-hmm. tell you what he was thinking and what he was playing. He wasn't trying to do that. Because <laughs> normally, when you look, if you go to a game, look at Penny. Penny's always out there and talking. I don't. I don't think he won't embarrass the players on TV. So he just didn't say nothing. Yeah, and by the way, the Purdue thing that you were talking about, like I don't want to see that Purdue team. Have you seen what Zach Eady's done this year? My man's averaging 24 points a game. He scored double figures figures in every game this year. And my man's shooting 63% on the field. Like, dude doesn't miss nothing. He's a handful. I know. And, they, and they're going they going to the Final Four this year, especially after what happened last year up in Columbus. You know, they're, they're going to the Final Four because they got something to play for. they playing for respect. they playing for pride. Even though they're playing in one of the better conferences in America, the Big Ten, they they're going to be the Big Ten champions, and they're going to be our number one seed. Have you seen the kid from Tennessee, Dalton Connect? Tennessee, who the Vols? What they play at? Uh, <laughs> I feel you on that one. I feel you, man. I've seen second of Tennessee basketball. I've seen Kentucky. Uh, I've seen Auburn. I've seen pretty much everywhere. I have not seen Tennessee because Tennessee does this every year. They have a top ten team, top five team, and they get knocked out. Right before the, the Final Four. I'm telling you, though, they might have the player of the year. Dalton Connect might beat Zach Eady out this year for player of the year. Dude's yeah. dropped in 32 the other, the other night. He's killing it. And he's a dude who came from northern Colorado out of nowhere and is leading the SEC in points scored this year. He's playing like a, a madman. Uh, I'm going to have to break down and watch Tennessee, man. You know, break, them down, you know. break down and watch it because this dude's ridiculous. And you know they still got all those dudes that are defensive wizards. So it, it, he's kind of fun. You'll watch it. And right now, Tiger Basketball. Watch, uh, hey, Tiger Basketball hurts your stomach. Might as well get nauseous watching the Vols and actually watch some team winning basketball. Well, I, I'm, I'm getting the kick out of watching uh, Kalen Clark in Iowa State and South Carolina and LSU. And I have another team I have to watch, too. That USC and UCLA women's team, I, they're they're really balling too, bro. I'm gonna tell you right now, like LSU, their starting five is unbelievable. They have no bench. South Carolina right. just warmed down. I watched that whole game, my man. Mm-hmm. It's a good. It was a great game, and I, I can't wait for the tournament. You know, because that women's tournament gonna be really really well. So I, I'm thinking about. I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm still on Memphis until Memphis. I'm, I'm done. Memphis, 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 Memphis. And hopefully, Memphis. hopefully, they, hopefully, the players read the social media and they seeing how much people are agitated with them and showing how much they disappointed people, and they will just get that care factor. Because right now, I think they're in a bubble, and I don't think they know or understand of what they're doing. Man, Memphis, most beautiful land in America. Yep. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hey, Terry, follow him at Twitter on TerryD515. Check his workout at the Tri-State Defender and always listen to him right here on Monday. Be blessed, my friend. I'll talk to you next time. That is TD. I got to take a quick timeout back into Shake Sports 56 98 5FM. Be sure to follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ. The only power source capable of generating 1.21 gigawatts of electricity is a bolt of lightning.
Now, back to Sports 56 Happy Hour on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again, Johnny Radio. Welcome back to a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I am your buddy, Johnny Radio, hanging out with my good buddy. Oh, and that would be Brian Dacus. Big thanks to Jake Crane, Terry Davis. We talked a lot about the Tigers. Um, Tigers on a three-game losing streak. Tigers' defense does not show any effort. I mean, 97 points to UAB. Damn, man. That is just terrible. This isn't North Carolina or Arizona. It's UAB. Do you know all the kids the dude all my old Miss friends yesterday were texting me like, How'd you like Andy Kenny whipping y'all's ass? I was like, Thanks. Oh, AK. <laughs> oh, thank you very much for that one. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Well, how about you st- keep hanging your hat on beating the Tigers at home? Old Miss. I love Ole Miss though. <laughs> But I do love my Tiger basketball. They've lost to South Florida, Tulane, now UAB. Up next is Rice Wednesday. The lucky thing is the next three games the Tigers play, they play Rice, Wichita State, then Temple. Those three teams are 3-19 and 19 on the season in conference. 3-19. and 19. They are all three so bad that even a pitiful performance from the Tigers, I feel like they can win. But if the Tigers don't start stop being so selfish, and I mean selfish, they had 22 turnovers yesterday. The Tigers team had 22 turnovers. How many assists did they had? 14 assists. That's a team that's not sharing the basketball. David Jones had nine damn turnovers. Quinterly had four turnovers. Walton had three of them. Like, it was embarrassing. Malcolm was the only one that you can honestly say went out there and did well. exceedingly yeah. exceeded expectations. Malcolm was awesome. Eight of 11 from the field, three for five from the free throw line, and he's a terrible free throw shooter, so that's a bonus. He had four steals. Few rebounds, nineteen points. But man, again, David Jones might have had twenty four points, but it was to go with coupled with nine turnovers. The Tigers could not get out and run in the fast break. It absolutely drove me crazy. Nick Jordan looked completely disinterested. What was that with Nick? I don't know. I don't know. I know he was, uh, he was I mean, sick last week. Well, so damn, he looked he... sick on the court. Yeah. No, that wasn't uh, that was not fun to watch yesterday. That was like the worst fifteen minutes of the season from Nick Jordan. I hope he's sick as a dog. Walton, who had been hitting three pointers the last four games, couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. And again, JQ was just three assists, four turnovers, twelve points on fifteen damn shots, twelve points. The Tigers team also. Sent UAB to the line 34 times. 34 times? That's that's terrible. And this is a UAB team. I, I just, I mean, this is a UAB team that also, I mean, I talk about the Tigers turnover. They were very, very lackadaisical with the basketball 
Like they were trying to get up and down all the damn day, and, and they made some terrible passes. They turned the ball over 21 times and still got 97 points on your face. When you give them 26 points from the free throw line, and by the way, the Tigers again cannot defend the three. It, it, it was it was a it was a very bad performance, but I'm tired of talking about the Tigers. Well, good, good. That's great, John, because I have notes from almost every single top twenty-five game over the weekend. If you would like any of them, you have notes from every single top twenty-five. Almost game. every. I didn't get to all of them. I was very mad at myself last night, but I do have a good bit. Yes, really, I do. You want to do that on the other side? If you want, John, but I don't want – if you want to talk football, we can talk football. No, we're going to jump in. I'm going to jump into some football that's so deep you're going to just love it. But I can I, – I, I like it. You put in a little work, I'm going to reward you with a little time because I want to hear what you got. I Thank usually you. learn a little something, and I need to learn a little something about college basketball because I thought this Tiger team was good, and they're terrible. <laughs> we will talk a bit about that football, um, the amazing Pat Mahomes and his damn career. Bro, he's fourteen and three in the playoffs. Did you know that? It's incredible. He is fourteen and three in the playoffs. Taylor Swift also playoffs two and o, three and zero in the playoffs. Right, my man's got four AFC titles. Wow. And Taylor Swift is what now? Now one AFC Taylor, one for one. How about that? Ta- Taylor Swift's on the way to the Super Bowl That's in her right. first year. Is she going to make it to the Super Bowl? She's she made it. Oh yeah, she's going to be there. What are you talking about? She's got, a, she's got a, a concert in Tokyo the night before. Dude, I don't know if you know that she's got her own jet. T Swizzle will be at the Super Bowl. But Pat Mahomes is playing now in his fourth Super Bowl. He's already got two Super Bowl rings. He's about to, I think, get his third. My man in the playoffs already has thrown for twenty eight thousand four hundred and twenty four yards in the in just his playoffs. <laughs> he's That's so crazy. disgusting. And guess how many touchdowns he already has in the playoffs? Uh, too many. He has 219 touchdown passes. It's insane. Bro, he is the truth. This is his seventh season in the league. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody like Pat Mahomes. And did you see my man? Like Pat Mahomes, I talked about his workout. Mm-hmm. His crazy workouts and how he bends his body and does all these crazy workouts and his just as strong with his left side as his right side and Man, when he got yanked by his feet and twisted, most other quarterbacks blow out a knee or break their back. Mm-hmm. Pat Mahomes doesn't right even go up. down. He gets right <laughs> back up. Man, we got to talk a little football, college basketball, and I got some of the funniest Hardenwood you've heard in a while. Don't touch the dial. Sports 5698.5 FM.